The Origins Of is a podcast about ancient wisdom, crazy myths, everyday objects, and the overall creativity and innovation of mankind. Join Jesse and Olivia as we delve into the why behind everyday origins. I'm Jesse. And I'm Olivia. And we are back with another episode this week. This week, we're doing uh, Ritual. love, love rituals, yeah, dating courtship rituals, courtship rituals, engagement um, rituals, things revolving around relationships. Why we union. Well, not why we union. I think we're, I'm staying away from marriage as a topic because I think it could be one we use later on. I also um, did. Because marriage is, is a whole other thing. Mm-hmm. But why we have rituals around marriage, like why it's not like, hey, get married and then the next day you're married like why is it why are engagements drawn out why do you give flowers to people why do you court them oh you my know, gosh hopefully flirting? i properly answering all <laughs> these things because i feel i felt very overwhelmed by this project i mm. this topic i didn't i didn't quite feel focused i think mm-hmm. that was my problem is there's mm-hmm. so much out there so then i tried to narrow it down and then i think it maybe narrowed it down too much and yeah. frustrated myself so we're gonna give it a go and yeah. we can always revisit it later <laughs> if we decide to do yeah I, I will topic, say so. um I did the same thing mm-hmm. um, because there are – so I at first I said, okay, so engagement, you know, getting down on one knee. And then I was like, wait, getting down on one knee. Okay, great. And then it was like, oh, oh a diamond. Wait, why diamonds? Oh, a ring. Wait, why rings? Oh, the left hand. Why the left hand? So it, it we don't realize how much actually oh. goes into these rituals. Mm-hmm. And probably the same thing for you. It's not just flirting and it's not just engagement. It's actually like 15 things all together. So I, tr- I tried to cover the whole scope of all these little tidbits and fun facts about why we do the things we – the way we do them. And the fun part about that is that they all sort of come from different places. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are participating in a ritual um, that has been kind of pieced together by history, which I think is really lovely. Um, yeah, that that's my positive. I mean, I, I'm going to get on some soapboxes eventually about some stuff, but... Um, and you're first, um, right? Because I, I think first. courting is going to be earlier mm-hmm. than engagements. Or not earlier, but I mean, I guess you have to court. Well, you don't even have to. I guess... After arranged marriage, like after people learned they could marry for love or after they could marry for love, they started courting. So people have been in relationships <laughs> with each other since the beginning of time. people because right. that's how procreation works. But Surprise. sort of the, the changes in our approach have obviously been different. And what's weird and what I think overwhelmed me a lot is that there are so many, if you just Google courtship, or dating rituals, or, you know, it's going to give you 10 of the weirdest traditions from Mm -hmm. Thailand, or, like, Mm -hmm. strange things people do, and it's all because of your culture and your perception that that that's strange to you and not to someone else, right? Very true. So even just the exchanging of giving, the exchanging of rings is, could be considered weird, you know, just like the concept of an arranged marriage seems foreign to a Western mindset, like, we would never Mm -hmm. have our parents decide that part of the rest of our lives for us. Um, it's actually, you know, very much normal. Um, maybe not so much anymore, but was for a really long period of time in, um, especially in India and a lot of South Asian countries. And there are people who have arranged marriages who say, you know, it was great because they did a lot of research. They made sure we were compatible. Mm-hmm. We fell in love throughout our marriage. Like there's, there's reasons for it. So it's not just to poo poo and say, well, how strange is that? I mean, yes, it happens less frequently now, but there's a reason, there was reasoning behind it. Just like, you know, arguably maybe sometimes maybe other people make better decisions for us than we might make for ourselves. So I agree with that. It's, you know, it's, it's who's to say what's right, quote unquote. Right. And so that's no, very true. That's, I think what's overwhelming about my topic is when I started looking into it, I was just like, oh no, this is going to be either, <laughs> either just a whole bunch of bullet points on 27 different things, mm-hmm. or I can try to just keep it kind of narrower. So yeah, narrow um, away. Um, but basically, a courting ritual um, are the collection of practices and traditions engaged in during the period of time that two people spend getting to know each other before agreeing to marry, which is kind of like, duh. But it is interesting to think about the role that culture plays, um, whether it's formal or informal, whether it's lengthy or short, and how complicated it is, right? Because really, it could be just dating for a long period of time. Honestly, one of the things you find when you look into this topic is that it also can mean um, part of a courting ritual can be living together. Mm, so, well, not according getting, to my grandmother. Well, but in, <laughs> you know, yes. the modern world modern that we world. live in, 
uh, that's it's very much an important part of you know a, a dating or a courtship ritual where you are, as I said, getting to know each other before agreeing to marry. Oh man! Um, so that can be important, and um, it can be months, years, or decades long. Uh, arranged arranged marriages being the exception, um, but basically it says um, so in Western countries, the most common form of courtship is a date between two individuals. Oh yeah, dating. Right. So you would just oh, go on a date. Dating. So. Uh, in the present, most people tend to date a small number of people and then enter into a mutually agreed upon relationship. But actually, prior to the early to mid 20th century, it was entirely common for a woman to date many different men at once before settling on a husband and even like before settling into like a relationship. So it was just a lot. I feel like that's less common today where maybe once you're kind of, if you've gone on a few dates, maybe you decide to commit or not or you, you see where it goes versus just... um seeing a lot of different people yeah. at once. Yeah, I and think it, that changes definitely across the years, right? Like what my parents did are completely different from what we're doing. Yeah. Technology is a huge part of that, but also like... Well, but and specifically, it wasn't really meant to be a lot of fun. It was just like, <laughs> who is the most stable, qualified person? It was it's almost more true. like a job interview. So, mm. I mean, I mean that sounds super boring, but no, not really. You, you know, ask you a lot of it, questions. You have like, hey, I need to know if we are going to be compatible, mm-hmm. uh, having a family together, and yeah, running a house together, and all that type of stuff. So, um, but yeah, so that's that's courting in a nutshell, and the the ritual of dating. Um, that would be, I guess, I could specifically get have gone like a, <laughs> down a huge rabbit hole with that. Yeah. Um, but I think we were thinking, or at least this is this is my perspective, is that we were talking a little bit about like what are the why do we do like you know Valentine's Day and flowers mm-hmm. and chocolates and teddy bears and so yeah. th- that's kind of the route I took. For yeah, this, I think that's because it was think- um, not Thanksgiving, Valentine's Day. <laughs> yes, Valentine's because Day is upon us. Thinking, yeah, like also I think that courting and dating rituals it's kind of a boring origin because yes, you can delve into the history and stuff, but that's not really what we do. The origin itself is basically as old as I had to find a person to shack up with so that, Mm -hmm. you know, we can keep this community going. So that's really the origin. So it's Mm -hmm. not really even to a certain date. It just, it just is. But all the flower, like all of the things that we do are definitely Mm -hmm. the interesting part. I think of the dating and the That's the information (laughs) that I have for you. Because not everybody (laughs) likes flowers and also they're dead, right? Like when you cut Mm -hmm. them, I know they're beautiful, but they're like literally dead, right? When you hand them over. So it's a gift. I mean, I love flowers. Please give me flowers, everyone, if you're listening. <laughs> I love flowers. I think they're great. I think people have it up at home. But I think it's strange. And especially, you know, in this podcast, we look back at a lot of um, um, wealth. And not a lot of people, I mean, were able to just, like, go to a flower shop or be have, like, the, the time or money to cut down their own flowers that they could have sold or could have done something with. So I'm, I'm, I'm interested in that. Um, so, yeah. Take us I a- can't wait to tell you. <laughs> I'm really excited. Yes. Um, so I think I might actually start there because I'm going to segue into the Victorians who, as we will learn, basically the theme of today is going to be that the Victorians were responsible for mostly all of these rituals. Really? Mm -hmm. That's interesting. With the exception, really, originally of flowers. Because here's the thing. I put this in all caps in my notes. (laughs) Um, there is evidence, uh, anthropological evidence that Neanderthals, no buried their loved ones with flowers no and if really? we could just take a moment if we could just take a moment in the whole i was really excited when i discovered this because that is older than humans so t- yeah because neanderthals are not humans yeah let's right? all They're take the, a moment to realize the that species yeah pre-human so we have officially in our podcast gotten to the origin uh, an origin that is older <laughs> than humans themselves Pre- right? wow and it's flowers ah, it's flowers <laughs> happy uh, valentine's flowers day as a, as a ceremonial um expression of our emotions yeah right um in theory they found they have burials spanning sixty five thousand years ago Oy. to thirty five thousand years ago so at the very earliest this is thirty five thousand years ago pretty sure the oldest origin we've had is maybe what like fifteen thousand yeah I don't which even might think have we've even gone. been dog domestication I think wine was actually one, one that was really 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 that's really true. old but that's still I hate yeah. this. 35,000 years ago. really crazy. Uh, it's more than double our oldest origin. Um, they have all this proof. They found two different grave sites, um, one in 1856 that had flowers, but they weren't really sure. They didn't know at that point 
that Neanderthals, like how they pretty much thought Neanderthals were like, uh, didn't really have a society or a culture or would have had like a lot of self-expression, right? But then in the 50s, they found these uh, Neanderthals in uh, the, um, oh my gosh, Shanadar, in the Shanadar, um, like it's like a valley in, uh, oh my gosh, either Iraq, Iraq. You might want to repeat that whole sentence. Okay. (laughs) They found the... Um, so in the 1950s, they found uh, burials in the Shanadar. I'm sorry, that Shandadar. word is hard to say. Okay. Shanadar caves in Iraq, uh, and okay. basically anthropologists found them and said um, there was evidence of pollen found pollen. in the graves, which indicated that there had been flowers buried with the Neanderthals. And then this uh, gentleman, Selecki, uh, Selecki basically said, I mean, what's really interesting is that someone in the last ice age must have ranged the mountainside in the mournful task of collecting flowers for the dead. It seems logical to us today that pretty things like flowers should be placed with the cherished dead, but to find flowers in a Neanderthal burial that took place 60,000 years ago is another matter. Um, it really impresses upon you how old that tradition is, but Mm -hmm. also, um, really makes you feel uh, connected to Neanderthals, yeah, right? That in also part of our DNA, right? Like I think your DNA forms a little bit. So like if if mm-hmm. if our very 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 early pre ancestors were using flowers and thought they were beautiful, like that's a reason why we today look at them and go, oh, those are beautiful. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I can't. I mean, obviously we don't have the research for that right now, but I think that's a huge part of. Um, I've also read that like things like emotions passed down through yeah. um, family history. Like if you have like a depressed great grandmother, that depression actually will for like, like put a dent on their DNA and will like go through the time. So you will be high, like more likely. Um, but the same thing about any sort of emotion or fear or anything yeah. like that, it actually does pass through. So, I mean, if we've just been, been loving flowers for that long, I it's mean, just in us somewhere. So it's not my fault that I love expensive flowers. It's my, ancient ancestors exactly. so i'm gonna tell adrian my fiance that, that next <laughs> it's time it's not my says, fault <laughs> i mean i can't help it yeah <laughs> they're beautiful yeah i think there is that there's definitely been research done and i feel like i was learning about a little bit of it recently that about that you know genes that you can almost like a memory like a mm-hmm. d like a dna memory where yeah. it will be like oh mm-hmm. flowers are pretty yeah we, we like them. them. You they like flowers, right? Yeah, I okay. f- like flowers. I don't think there's anybody I've met that's yeah. just like, wow, I really like... Unless you're allergic to them, I guess. True. Mm-hmm. Which is really sad. But mm-hmm. I don't... I, I guess pollen. If you're I don't to buy pollen. flowers, and I should. I don't know why I don't. I mean, they're They're, <gasps> they're very really pretty. cheap at Kroger. Just a PSA just to everybody. <laughs> they're like five bucks for like a little small bundle. So I usually that's I'll sweet. just add it onto my grocery bill so that no one knows. It just goes into my grocery budget. That's so sweet. <laughs> I like that. I just like them sitting on the counters and tables and things and... Yeah, and I love to be given flowers as well. Um, so I like, um, well, you know, Adrian used to like bring bring flowers home, and um, he doesn't as of yet because of all the traveling and everything. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. early days he did, um, and then you know, housewarming stuff like yeah, I'll bring you some flowers when we go oh, to your Super thanks. Bowl thing. Thanks. Yeah. I'll that try to find delightful. some that are Super Bowl themed with some little footballs <laughs> oh in them gosh. or something. <laughs> Uh, football themed. Yeah, Jesse is having flowers. a Super Bowl housewarming party. That's why we we're referencing that. Um, literally <laughs> next weekend, and she just told us pre this about some friends that gave her some awesome gifts. So I'm gonna have to do a one upper there. Um, no gifts are necessary. <laughs> so flowers, yeah. So flowers are we... very, very old. Hmm. Yes, and so even um, as I'll get to when I talk about the Victorians, we have a way of wanting to represent our emotions. Mm-hmm. in gifts. So maybe we can't say what we feel, but we can give you an expression of these beautiful things that either mean that I like you or you are pretty or right. You know, you smell of flowers, <laughs> whatever the reason is. <laughs> so the Victorians, uh the Victorians loved stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Um I'm going to get a little into why, but um so so Chaucer apparently was the first one to mention a St. Valentine's Day as being a romantic holiday. In 1382 writings, very old. And the other thing about Valentine's Day, if you do want to look it up, um, I was a little bored by the origin, but there's apparently (laughs) like up to three, some sources said two and some sources said three different Valentine, quote unquote, like that name, either the Saint Valentine or someone named Valentine. There's like apparently three different people Hmm. who might have been at the center of the origin. Um, And also it's some of what, blending of um or trying to make a pagan 
Uh, what? Um, there was a there was a pagan ceremony that would happen where literally, um, like blood of a lamb would what? be sacrificed for the woman who would become fertile, and you were like paired up with the man, and then in an effort to make that oh ritual my. more Christian, um, Valentine happened to be introduced. I think because it was around the same time of year. But there, but if you look, that's what I was saying. If you look it up, there's whole bunches of stuff. Oh my goodness! Um, but it's yes, there's it's definitely um, an amalgamation of of a couple different things put together. But basically, the Egyptians. Oh no, excuse me. Victorians really started getting into it in the 1840s or so. Is when Cupid um, became a very iconic image Mm. and they loved adorning uh celebrating romantic love and showering each other with elaborate cards and gifts and it was almost in particular because they were prudish so it was like i can't out right with the ankles i can't outwardly (laughs) tell you how i feel Mm -hmm. but if i make you this elaborate valentine with keep it on it and i shower you with flowers and chocolates which i'll talk about in a minute like you will understand how much I want to do you, but I just <laughs> can't say that out loud. You oh know? my so, gosh, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> they were all bundled up. Victorians mm-hmm. are the ones like the big dresses and yeah. all of the, yeah, yeah. Like, like the ankles were a sign. Yes, of, exactly. Like, exactly. Like, so, whew, right. Yeah. Right. Oh, okay. I can hardly contain yeah. myself. <laughs> so, if we go back to Chaucer for one second, because I know I skipped forward. So, Chaucer, St. Valentine's Day, about 1382, he's the one that kind of first mentions it as being a romantic holiday. Uh, and then in the medieval period, there was a new focus on illicit but chaste courtly love. Oh, dear. Um, and then that's where we start to see like knights giving roses to their maidens or maybe celebrating their beauty in a song. So, we have those sort of. Hmm. Uh, expressions of love or courting happening. Um, Victorians, man. And so it was kind of, well, that this is pre-Victorian. This is like mm, medieval, mm-hmm. but my point oh, is, medi- yeah, medieval's pre. Victorians by the 1840s mm-hmm. are really leaning heavy into like this type of stuff. So it had existed in an older time period, but it really became a big thing in the 1800s when the Victorians were like, oh, we can, this is how I can, you know, tell so-and-so of my love without... Mm-hmm being quite so explicit um so they're really to blame for to blame or to credit for a lot of blame (laughs) for a lot of these rituals um flower gift giving thrived and um it was apparently was not considered good manners to exhibit such feelings or words in front of others and so they found more subtle ways to do this um they also came up with rules for giving flowers and then quote stuck to them with great zeal so rules yes apparently the example that they give is that you could present red roses upside down to symbolize being angry what so like the reverse of wow hey but hey you're actually making me really annoyed right now and there was oh, wow, they just like didn't speak out loud, did they? They were like, I'm gonna do this, that you get a symbol and not actually say it. It was like anything. the ultimate expression of just like reading between the lines, uh, which is not saying what you mean. Passive aggressiveness. And mm-hmm. No, we have everyone. Them, we have them to blame. Don't do that, everybody. Use your words, say things out loud. Right? Apparently, there were whole books printed on the language of flowers, though. So I need to dip more into I that. I would love but... one of those. I'm going to try to find one. Mm-hmm. By the way, we haven't discussed this in a long time, but I do need to still see that you're applying to the outer book. Oh, yeah. I was about to bring it today because I found in my stuff, it was a, um, he mentioned something about engagements. However, oh. the book I have is an abridged version because if... if Oh, is it really long? Yeah, if they were to print the entirety of Pliny's oh, works, I mean, it would just be, you know, a, a book that was giant, giant, giant. So it costs like, more than $15 on Amazon. Yeah, so I... Yes. <laughs> so I rushed to... I was like, oh, yeah, because I saw it online and I saw the the book and the chapter it was in. And so I rushed to my book and I opened it up and it cuts off oh. right, right before. Um, so I have like a screenshot of it but it's unfortunately not in my particular book yeah. but he does mention um all of the stuff um or he mentioned he talks about engagements and things like that but not in the capacity you would think so can i go on a slight tangent just yes. for a moment tangent i'm actually away. really excited that you brought that up completely unrelated but i have started <laughs> classes towards my phd and Yay. i've been out of uh, i finished my master's uh i guess almost five or six years ago so i haven't <laughs> been at school since then and so um yeah, I love school, but it takes up all my time. I yeah. used to be able to read stuff that I wanted to read too. But what's funny is I'm taking a class on book history. And so one of the things we've been doing so far this semester is literally looking at books um, and thinking about the way that editions shape our understanding mm-hmm. and the editor's interpretation and like why even like a book written by a female or a book written by um, 
you know, a person of color or someone mm-hmm. who's gay, it informs like even before you've picked up the page, you're like, oh, well, yeah, so, you know, that's what this person thinks. I, I know. I, I think I know about this person. But what's interesting is you talking about that, you know, that addition. It just makes me think about all these yeah. uh, meta <laughs> like meta questions about books themselves and what they tell us you know, and their different editions and why we would leave some stuff out and why we wouldn't. Cause someone made the decision to cut yeah. that book up. And yeah. like, how do you determine what's valuable and what's and not valuable? And I wonder valuable? why, cause so far I've wanted to use the book three times and every time I've, I've rushed to it and have not seen what I needed, what I See, particularly that's needed super frustrating. in the book. So I'm like, who put this together? Like mm-hmm. why not? Or I would have preferred to, for it to have been released in, in separate books Right. So that I could just go to the book that I well, needed. Well, you said you got a screenshot, meaning you probably used maybe Google Books, which is another whole topic in book history because now mm-hmm. it changes your interaction with the book, but technically makes it more available to more people that you can get a full yeah. version of Pliny's stuff, even if it's mm-hmm. a, you know 2,000 pages. Very fascinating. Oh, yeah. I got a lot of Google Books stuff this time. Um, I was That's getting really way more good. into my library reading. Oh, um, you have the opposite. Yeah. I <laughs> Everything, guys, it's going to be kind of downhill from here. Cause, like, <laughs> there's, some interesting, there's some really interesting stuff about chocolates, and there's some interesting stuff. Um, but t- teddy bears and jewelry, if you, just, if you start looking into that stuff, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of scholarly research about the origins of that. And so then every other – all the websites you find are just like fl- – 1-800-Flowers.com, right. their history of giving flowers. And you're like, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm sorry, you're not a reputable source. So to flip that into a positive, though, those those things are wide open. All you people That's who are true. wondering about what, what you should do for research? your thesis or what you should write a book on, <laughs> um, we've got a few topics for you. You just hit us up. We have yes. a few things you could. So actually, if I could, you know, <laughs> please tell me why we give teddy bears because you guys, I couldn't find it. There's plenty on the origin of teddy bears. Right. Like, we know that. Like how, you know, so mm-hmm. named after Teddy Roosevelt and someone thought it, you know, they, they mm-hmm. kind of made the teddy bear look a little more cute so it wouldn't look quote unquote scary. And he did it. I, I apparently they were going to kill a bear in his name and he said, don't do that. Like it was. A oh, ba- I didn't know that like part. A, it was I like a baby was, cub. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. They, uh, he, he like, um he solved some sort of political crisis. And so they, like, in their some honor, who knows? he they like, caught a bear and they were going to kill it. And he was like, no, that's a what? cub. And, and then like some, uh, uh, sh- um, like a gift shop mm-hmm. owner in New York was uh, was kind of making plush toys already, and then his wife was like, "Hey, you should make a bear in honor of um, wow the president." And then they literally asked for formal permission uh, to use to like, could we name him the bear Teddy Bear after the president? They like wrote to the White House and got official wow. permission. Wow, I didn't know that part. Uh-huh. And that's well documented. Like that's a cool story. But I do not know why you would give someone. I couldn't find it. Like I couldn't find a good. <laughs> explanation other than girls like them or don't give a girl this you'll ruin your relationship or like like there's all sorts of stuff someone someone was talking he was kind of on a soapbox but if you start looking in this there's there's an essay or two about like oh well women are just cuddlier or they're like conceived as like more childlike like all sorts of things about Hmm. you know that are kind of incendiary in my opinion oh my (laughs) yeah okay great cool well we're not gonna talk we're not gonna talk about your thoughts but i just i don't know why i don't i don't Hmm. know why we give teddy bears other than that like they're cute and they're fluffy and yeah maybe you can cuddle with it so that is a great somebody needs to write a book about that yeah because i mean you go to like target and it's just rows and rows and rows Mm -hmm. of plush little things to Mm -hmm. give and then what do you do with them after you get them right like what do you do? Like, actually, write us in. Yeah. Like, what you get? Let's say you get like a little bear, a little heart that says "love" it? on it. You know, it's now April. Like, what does it like sit on your shelf all year long? I don't know. I'm not sure. I I have not. All the ones that I've gotten have been from exes, and they're gone now. But yeah, um, <laughs> I was gonna say you break up, and then it's very clear yeah. what you do with that with that teddy bear. <laughs> uh, I think of when you were a kid, and uh, in the late '80s, early '90s, people always had those little um mesh things that hung in the corner above your bed so you could hang oh like a little gosh. you would tie it and then you would put your teddy bears and yes. stuffed animals up there and i you know like beanie babies you know you could put oh my god up. i just like had this whole flashback <laughs> back into my childhood because i definitely had one of those in one of my earlier homes like the little mesh you're oh, right yeah. you just my, like would, oh mm, my my cousin had one and i was like supremely jealous and i had to get one too oh my gosh do my people do that animals. anymore i certainly hope so oh, it's young so girls good. i hope that they have a, a place for their teddy bears oh my gosh and other and other stuffed animals but um yeah so teddy bears the the jury's still out uh so Jewelry also, you're going to talk a little bit more about this, so I didn't super well flesh this out, Um, but really jewelry is pretty simple. It's just going to be 
uh, worn um, by women, mostly in public appearances in uh, Greek, uh, so in, in Greece in about 1600 BCE, became popular golden gems, um, but it was mostly worn by women in public appearances, frequently given as a gift, um, but predominantly to show wealth, status, and beauty. Yep. I was going to say, it's all so about that it's status. Pretty much. That's why we do a lot of the things that we do, because of status purposes. So, exactly. So for thinking about that, that does make a lot of sense, because I guess if you are trying to give someone a gift as an expression of your emotions to them, mm-hmm. you're going to be like, I think highly of you, or you are special, or mm-hmm. you are worthy of something this beautiful, right? And it's so it's, public, right? Mm-hmm. If you wear it out in public, you're like, hey, I'm, I'm okay with everybody seeing that. Outward expression. I gave you this whatever. Exactly. Yes. So yeah, so that's jewelry in a nutshell. Um, it is a little better fleshed out than teddy bears, which is a <laughs> giant question mark. Um, but the most fun one for of definitely uh, when I was researching this was chocolate. So um, why do we give chocolate? And I love those assorted chocolate boxes. I do. I'm a huge fan. I, I love the all sorts of except for the coconut bits, but the caramel oh, and the cream mm-hmm. and then the, the like. Oh my gosh. I love it. I buy myself them because Adrian thinks they're silly. So man, I need to do that. <laughs> like I February fifteenth, and they just <laughs> February fifteenth. They're where, so is delicious. Where you go, like like a few days after Valentine's Day, make a note to go to the grocery store, get them for like seventy five percent off, and then enjoy. I like, love chocolate covered cherries, and they're in that juice, mm-hmm. that cherry cordial juice. Oh mm. yeah. For this is the first year that I didn't get it, but I used to always go around Christmas. Hershey's came out with these like filled. Oh, with the um, cherry stuff? Mm-hmm. They would yeah. have just a little cherry, not the actual cherry, but just the juice, mm-hmm. and they were delicious. They still and have them. Okay, well, for some reason, I miss them this Christmas. I usually try to you get them hit up that uh, Christmas. The sales. The candy aisle. I am telling you, it is like the biggest <sighs> scam right now. So chocolate. Yeah. Um, what you guys need to do, just another pro tip for everybody. No, go ahead. What you need to do, is it, unless you live with each other, you need to schedule a Valentine's date after Valentine's Day, because I think it falls on a Wednesday this year. Just so, go the weekend after. So go the weekend after, and then once the day is over, all that stuff will be on sale, and then you can show up with all your stuff. Um, your with chocolate. All the chocolate. There. <laughs> yeah. That's what you need to do. Nobody needs to spend $25 on a box of chocolates. Like, you can get it. Is that expensive? On. Yeah. Yeesh. Oh, my gosh. Holiday markup stuff is crazy. That's why you should buy True. your Christmas stuff after Christmas. Like, you should, like, all the Christmas sales, you got to go grab all that kind of stuff. Because, like, the markup on that stuff is... Insane. Someone was just telling me that their mother gave them a gift, and it was the it was a um it was hand towels for the kitchen from of the whole year. So it was like (gasps) holiday ones and seasonal ones. I need that. But what she did is this is what's so brilliant. She would go after each holiday and save them up all year. So like by Christmas, so like after Christmas last year, she started it and then went ahead and got the Christmas one and then a winter one and then a Valentine's one and then springtime and then Easter and then, you know, whatever is in the summer. Some people are such good planners. Um, Isn't that a great gift though? So then my friend now has like a whole set for all year where she can switch out her hand towels oh my gosh. for the season. I'm, I that's hope really my cute. sister-in-law is not um, listening to this right now because that's a great, because they're, they're currently renovating their house. And so it's like, what do you get? You know, people that would already buy what they want. And it's like, yeah. oh my God, seasonal hand towels. You can get some really beautiful ones. After right. they, this has been yeah. the gift advice corner. Yes. Gift <laughs> advice corner. <laughs> Brought Jessie to you Olivia. by the Origins uh, Out podcast. Go out and do some gifting. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, Valentine's Day is really old. Like I mentioned, um, we'll, back to 1380s, right, as a sort of a romantic holiday. But the giving of chocolate was more fairly recent. Um, Really, we're going to throw out this uh, same era of 18, I believe by this point, like maybe the 1860s or 70s. I didn't really Mm -hmm. write that down. Um, But it comes from um, Richard Cadbury. You might recognize Cadbury eggs. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he was a British chocolate manufacturer, and he is basically responsible, or at this time, he was responsible for the sales of his family business, and it was it was a really critical time, so it wasn't necessarily doing well. He kind of needed he needed a big idea, right? He needed mm-hmm. to jolt his business back into the you know the um, mainstream, the mainstream, or, yeah. or just get more sales, right? So it wasn't really doing super well. So he had, um, they had recently improved their chocolate making techniques to add extra um, or to as pure. Excuse me, they had recently improved. <laughs> their chocolate making technique so as to extract pure cocoa butter from whole beans and it produced a more palatable drinking chocolate mm. which was a popular drink in Britain at the time um, but what it did is it produced an excess amount of cocoa butter 
So then they called that eating chocolate. So it's almost a byproduct oh. of this drinking chocolate. I, mean, I love chocolate, but that kind of grossed me out a little bit. And Anything that's called a byproduct. Eating chocolate, <laughs> which was like the softer and it would, kind of, you know, like you think of like a chocolate bar or a chocolate bite, you know, like a little bit of chocolate. And so he recognized it as a great opportunity, um, marketing opportunity for new chocolates and started selling them in beautifully decorated boxes that he designed himself. <gasps> So it's actually, um, if you look it up, and this is one of the images that will be on our post, is um, of the old, you can Google like a Cadbury chocolate Mm -hmm. box. And they're they're sometimes fairly, family heirlooms are very valuable nowadays because they're so ornate and beautiful. And in that same theme, then people started producing all of these different types of boxes. He is credited with the heart-shaped box, even though he didn't really, even though he didn't patent it. It's like widely believed that he is the one who first like put them in a heart-shaped box. What a chance! Awesome. Oh, can so. we sidebar right here, really mm-hmm. fast, right here? Go for do it. you know? Um, we should actually probably cover this on a podcast. Um, we should do the origin of shapes because do you know why the heart is oh, a famous shape? Oh, I have shape? no idea. I and do I would love to know. I do, and it is. It is wild. Mm. <laughs> it's a trip. All right, we'll do oh, that. That sounds so. I don't cool. want to reveal it right now because I also yeah, think it's that a good stars origin. would be a good one to cover because yes. like why do we have the star shape in it? Like yeah, because it doesn't look like a star. Yeah, star, do, yeah like your in heart the sky. Hearts don't heart look like hearts. Oh no, not at all. Faux show. All right, you, you can maybe cut that out. But <laughs> no, I think it's really fun. I actually <laughs> just I just recently watched. Um, I'm going back t- and watching old episodes of New Girl, and there's this episode <laughs> where she's dating a guy and he gets her like a trip somewhere romantic like to the caribbean and she buys him an anatomically correct heart <laughs> like a plush anatomically correct heart you're just like oh that's, that's not cute. cute i mean it's, it's cute but no, it's like, ugly, very yeah. ugly no they're <laughs> not like, pretty <laughs> they are not pretty um, at all whoops yeah um, so stay tuned for maybe we'll do that like a little quick that would be shapes really minisode. we could do a minisode um, on shapes i think yeah. yeah. All right. Stay tuned for the shapes mini. So, all right. Sorry. Continue. So the heart shape box. That's really cool because that's box. definitely mm-hmm. the cornerstone of like what you get. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so also by this time, I remember I mentioned that Cupid was super popular. So people were putting Cupid on everything, and then sort of mm-hmm. the heart shape, and you would have these ornate boxes. But so also in that same vein, if we're going to go back to Valentine's Day, the Victorians were really like making these elaborate Valentines for each other. So oh, even though a lot of people will say, "Well, poo poo it," and say, "Oh, it's a greeting card holiday." You know, it was made up by advertising. Um, tr- like definitely marketers and businesses capitalized on that, just like when we talked about the Ouija board. So there's definitely going to be like people who take a thing and then there's going to be people who um, make yeah. it a capitalistic venture and make money off of it. Cool. But it really was these Victorians way of expressing themselves through a homemade Valentine to show their emotions. That really was the origin of the cards we give today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I hate to tell everybody, but like literally everything we do has been capitalized on. Like I yeah. know people say that, you know, I love Valentine's Day. I love all those holidays. Yeah. Um, but let's not forget when we covered Christmas trees in our Christmas or Christmas lights in our Christmas episode, that was the same thing. You know, a yep. kid a kid was like, hey, I could totally make money off of making you guys some string lights or I mean, literally everything yep. we do has been captured in the market in some way. And, you know, if it helps some people, some, not everybody's creative and not everybody's good at making their showing own card. love and mm-hmm. so why not you know do well, i think cards are a little excessive sometimes yeah sure but is it easy to go to the store and grab some chocolates and then give them to somebody you like and then they get happy from it like sure yeah, it's right? not that hard to just yeah, yeah it's fine it's do good. something good for somebody mm-hmm. well and that's the other thing too is um it's hard to even <sighs> you, you we live in that world today so mm-hmm. it's not even like you know you 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 can poo-poo it, but you still mm-hmm. have to go to the store to buy cardstock <laughs> and printer ink so that you yeah. can make your own or, yeah. you know, the fabric I buy. I'm not making the fa- – you know, it's like mm-hmm. – it's just – it's overwhelming to think about that. I just have yeah. to be like, okay, this is the world I live in and hopefully I can just make a good <laughs> and I love chocolate, ethical so decision. And I do like chocolate, so I guess I'm into Valentine's Day. <laughs> uh, yes. So they were putting all manner of the stuff on these boxes and in Valentine's and, yeah, basically they were obsessed with it and so it kind of just grew into what we know today where people started realizing that once there was more money and things you could just go and buy this stuff instead of making it um, and also we got a little less prudish but these con- traditions mm-hmm. continued really similar to our one when we talked about Christmas Christmas lights and even candy canes as well like and even Santa Claus like once we like a thing we hop on that train and mm-hmm. we are on that train and 
and it just becomes part of the tradition and we stop asking why we're doing it and we just do it because mm-hmm. it's been done. We love tradition mm-hmm. and we love ritual mm-hmm. as people. Um, I sure. think that's, I think that covers my kind topic. This, this, this yeah, cornerstone. I was really frustrated with this <laughs> uh, research in a way that I don't think I've even been yet for any of our <gasps> other, other episodes just because of the, um, the dearth of, dearth is lack of, right? The dearth uh, of good resources. You are the PhD. I do not. <laughs> I have one degree. <laughs> uh, the, the, there were no good resources on. I mean, I was, I looked for teddy bears, y'all. Hmm. Someone right, so write us in. Write us mm-hmm. in or somebody write a book on that. Um, Better well, yet, just go write a book yeah. real quick. If I mean, guys, it's so easy, that. right? <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to um, take it from there into now that you have given this person chocolates and teddy bears and flowers. And you might or might not want to marry them, but you're not sure yet. <laughs> well, but we're going to assume... <laughs> That you want to marry them. <laughs> because? Because um, engagements. That is what I am covering. Um, because I got engaged over Christmas. Yay! So that's also why I wanted to do this um, yeah. topic. Because I was like, why do we do this? Because it was a little challenging to fight, to try to fit into that mold or fit into um, the expectation, you know. And lately right. proposals have been like grand and people are doing all kind of crazy things. And oh my God, can you believe he went to the top of the mountain and etched my name in the snow? Like it's like this crazy stuff, you know. Well, the other problem um, too, a little bit with that, and I know you went through this as well. Mm-hmm. I don't have to talk about all of this. But it's like <laughs> uh, at a certain point, if you both kind of know you maybe want to do this, you start expecting it too. And right. then it makes it even harder to try to come in and be surprised because yeah i ruined i didn't ruin it because i did end up getting surprised (laughs) but it was very 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 difficult for him to surprise me because i was expecting it at every single turn um but awesome and uh okay so before i can talk about engagements i do want to just briefly talk about marriage because before you can like even think of the idea of an engagement you have to understand the concept of of marriage um Mm -hmm. So, like, when do people first start marrying? And the, the fun answer for this is forever. <laughs> like, literally, um, it started, um, well, there's a great book you can check out. So there has been a book written about this one. It's called Marriage, A History, which oh. reminds me of Hermione Hogwarts. A History. A history. <laughs> oh, marriage, A History uh, by Stephanie Kuntz. It suggested um, that marriage even predated agriculture. And it's probably due to, like, tribes. So, like, before mm. we were even, like, civilized, we, you know, cavemen type stuff, it's like, you know, they, they had little pockets of tribes and things. And to, to have peace between tribes, they'd say, hey, here's my woman. Like, well, <laughs> protect her. Exactly. And if I could cut in when I <laughs> yes. was doing a little bit of this research on marriage, it what's interesting, or just on courting, is what's interesting is that it wasn't always like through law or even religion. Like you could just basically be, it was a lot more common to just be like, oh, we're married now. Like yeah. we're, it's kind of almost more like common law. Like there was no necessarily mm-hmm. documentation. You weren't doing anything official, but you were just in a committed relationship and you were like, yeah, we're doing this. Like we're in this together. And the, um, <laughs> there was a funny article that I read that mentioned that a lot of times in, especially like colonial America, guys would be like, oh yeah, yeah. Like we're totally, we're in love. It's like, you know, you're, yeah, you're standing near a bed and you're like, yeah, we're totally going to get married basically just to <laughs> yeah. get that situation. And yeah. those people aren't even there for breakfast, but <laughs> it's like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to say exactly what she wants to hear. And that was in the context of like very chaste, you know, where you would be married before you would do anything like that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, of course yeah. they're going to say, well, yeah, we're married tonight. Let's get married, be married right now. And mm-hmm. then they're not married. I'll actually get to time. that part about why like there, there had to be some regulation because mm-hmm. yes, you're right. It was getting to the point where people could just like look at each other and then and be the, the married whole divorce thing and be married. So mm-hmm. I'll kind of lead up to that. That's very um, interesting. But the first recorded evidence of marriage contracts um, was about 4,000 years ago. And that that's contracts. That's actual. Okay. It's like documentation. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing. It's, it's forged alliances, acquired land and produced legitimate heirs. Um, so the whole love thing, that's real recent, y'all. Mm-hmm. That is that is extremely, extremely recent. Um, so to lead into rings also, I have a fun quote about that. Anthropologists believe that the ring tradition originated from a Roman custom in which wives wore rings attached to small keys, indicating their husband's ownership. Oh, shit. Love I'm is sorry. really Excuse recent. <laughs> Um, a no. lot of these engagement customs have to do with, I own you now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you are mine. It, it has to do with that, that ancient tribal, like, okay, you are now part of my tribe. Um, we are joining tribes together. We're land, at, like, what's land. yours is mine. And yeah, yeah. things mm-hmm. you will have me, uh, children and yes. Then, yeah. So the word ownership has been in a lot of my notes. It's really uncomfortable. It's like, <laughs> I'm really glad I live in the age. Like, it's fun to joke, you know, sometimes like about like, oh, you know, it'd be fun to live back in the Victorian age. 
to get showered with gifts and stuff. But also, like, you were, like, Ooh, part, no. you were mm-hmm. sort of owned, you know, as soon as you did, you know, accept all these gifts and things. Um, women, you know, didn't really have the rights that we have today. So, I mean, I'm, I'm glad to live. I'm <laughs> thankful to live in a society that's post-birth control where we can just. Yeah. There's your. Just. <laughs> make our decisions about yeah. life that are our own you know it's like, and that's that's been only since like the 60s so the grateful hour yeah. i'm very grateful um, yeah so rings um i'm i i talked a lot about or i'm about to talk a lot about engagement and about rings in particular because what is this the symbol of engagement it is a ring um and they've actually found old records of cavemen who have tied um cords made of braided grass around the chosen mates like wrists ankles waist oh. um, but this one was to bring her spirit under control but you know what same thing right <laughs> Like I'm gonna get your spirit kind of contained. So uh, you're safe. mine. I'm gonna yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna try to rein you in. Yes. So the idea of a circle <laughs> is actually super, super, super old. Kind of going back to our excitement about shapes. Um, circles, mm-hmm. you know, they represent you know, beginning and end, and they're easy to make. Actually, <laughs> so That's let's think about that. Um, it is said I could not actually find um, viable. I mean. I could find the research, but not about engagements in particular, but that the Egyptians loved rings. Hmm. However, the Egyptians loved jewelry in general. I was going to say they're big in jewelry. Yes. So mm-hmm. it was really hard to sort of narrow down into the oh, symbolism, the symbolism mm-hmm. of ring and circle because it, it sort of all ties in together with jewelry. They did not do rings um, to propose and, and all that kind of stuff, um, but they did like rings in general. Um, so Pliny the Elder. Yay. He's back. Um, according to Pliny... Um, in his time, the groom first gave the bride a gold ring to wear during the betrothal ceremony and at special events, and then an iron ring to wear at home, signifying her binding legal agreement to his ownership of her. There's <laughs> that ownership word again. Um, so fun fact about a lot of ring. Um, so obviously I'm talking more about American and, you know, us moving over from our times, but in a lot of different cultures, they wear rings as well. But as far as the actual metal or which hand it's worn on, oh, that widely varies. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in the Brazilian culture, um, or at least what I read in the Brazilian culture, um, you are engaged when it's on your right finger. Okay. And then when you actually get married, it goes on to your left. Is it still the ring finger? Yes, it isn't. I have a really fun fact about that. Um, but it is still the ring finger. And I actually really like that um, because then mm-hmm. it's a kind of easy to see it in eye if I should be congratulating mm-hmm. you for being engaged or mm-hmm. not. Because sometimes I can't see like the wedding band and I'm like, are they married? Like, should I say, oh, congrats. I didn't know you were. I don't know. I like the idea of like being this able in to between see. phase. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Like committed, but maybe you could still change your mind. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> She's in flux. <laughs> You've got an opening. <laughs> uh, yeah, so rings have been used. Um, a long time ago the first diamond ring i'll kind of get in, and i'm going to get into diamonds too cool. but I'm, just, I'm going down my timeline first to get us up to here the first diamond ring get a get a load of this guy's name archduke maximilian doesn't it sound a like word. a maximilian yeah. would be the first guy to give a diamond ring to somebody mm-hmm. i yeah. just i think yeah. so in 1477 this is the first diamond ring he commissioned um an, a diamond engagement ring for his betrothed mary of burgundy um, and it sparked a small trend for diamond rings among, but that, not really. So the fun fact about stones is that previous to stones being popular, most people wore a signet. And if you don't, am I pronouncing that right? It's a signet, right? A signet ring. I don't know what that is. Oh, it's the rings that have like a little, um, they're like flat and they have like an engravement. So you could put wax on them and stamp things with oh, them. Oh, yeah. Like a uh, like a class ring or something that you might have from college or high yeah. school. They're no? flat though. They're flat and they've been etched into. Yeah. So you I think pour those, wax. Don't those look real fancy. I don't um, know. I know what you mean though. I can picture yeah, yeah. the, 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 the mold. Yeah. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. So previous to like gemstones being popular, because let's not forget like gemstones aren't like widely like I mean they are nowadays but before we had all this technology and like the workforce or whatever gemstones live in the earth like they're not just like chilling around for us to pick up well that's why they're gemstones I mean they're not easy to find right, <laughs> right. They're, yeah they're yeah kind of stuck in there <laughs> some of them are again we have to figure out our basic needs first before we're looking yes. at gemstones and second um we even just with globalization even just mm-hmm. like with the the, yeah. the ability that we can now move things around the world yes um, so Much they used to do distributed. signets with the symbol of the men's home. So you would wear like a, maybe you're uh-huh. like the, like the, like the, um, what is it called when you got a like crest, a, a crest. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like the crest of your family. You would wear that as like a signal that, you know, you're going to be marrying into that, that, that person's family. So, um, the idea that this archduke had a, had a gemstone put in, you know, that's, that's only higher ups because they could afford to go find a gemstone. Like right. we're actually super lucky that we can afford them nowadays because if it was back then, Obviously, um, you couldn't just go to 
to um, K and pick out, <laughs> just pick it out. Um, it was a very small trend. Most people by this time were using gemstones and just jewelry in general. So it wasn't like an aha moment that they're putting gemstones on rings. They had always, you know, as soon as they figured out how to, you know, manu- like, um, as soon as they figured out how to work gold and work silver, yeah, they were yeah. putting gemstones in things. Well, that's what's fun about this episode is because jewelry itself is really old. And yes, we could have done the origin of jewelry, but we were more interested in the when we start in the meaning, you know, yeah. and about one specific type of jewelry. Yeah. Because it's, yeah. Yeah. We've been doing it a long time. Yes, we have been doing it a long time. So you hit the nail on the head when you were saying, you know, olden times, it was actually really simple to get married. You would just say, hey, let's get married. Oh my God, yay. And you would go down to the, like your religious whatever and you would be married the next day. Yeah. All right, I'm going to give a caveat that I... I researched this one part for probably a whole hour because I, I was really trying to find actual written record and I couldn't find it, but um, I did find it. I found it in a few articles, but I couldn't find it in any sort of thing. So there's a Pope. His name it was Pope Innocent III. Um, he was finally, and I didn't find that his actual whatever, but let's just, you know, this had to happen. His actual whatever. Um, yeah, sorry. His actual decree or his actual like written down. <laughs> he did a lot of things. He was a very active Pope. Okay. He was like, guys guys, you guys need to stop. Like this is, you're running rampant. You're all getting married. You're all There's no record. It. There's no People records. could be married double times. Right. We don't have a way of keeping track. Yeah. So he laid down some ground rules. He said, number one, all weddings have to take place in a church. That's where that comes from. He was like, you guys need to come before me and come before everybody to do the church. And the bride has to receive a ring. You know, I'm tired of you guys running around willy nilly without like a symbol or whatever. Commitment. You, you, get, you have to have a ring. So mm-hmm. he's the first guy that was like, all right, Huh. Chill it out. Then he says, you have to observe a new waiting period between betrothal and marriage. So uh-huh. he's the first guy Engagement. that was like, how about you make sure you actually do love each other? Now, I couldn't find what that actual waiting period was, um, whether it was a week or a few months, but I assume that it's long enough where people were like, you know, okay. And so, what's, what's mm-hmm. interesting about that, I'm sorry to cut you off, is that actually now you think if you think about it, then... Once you formalize marriage, you have to formalize the ending of marriage. Mm-hmm. And before either of those, you, yes. it's just a gray yeah. mush of <laughs> gray area relationship of. <laughs> matter. Yeah. But now that you That's have to give a ring, mm-hmm. you're going to think twice before you go spend money mm-hmm. on every single girl on the block. Like you're going to be like, oh, I can't afford to give five girls a ring. Uh, and then it's like written down and people <laughs> can follow you up well with you and be like, excuse yeah. me, I know you're married to so-and-so down the street and you're also <laughs> now married to my sister yeah. and it's not going to fly. Yeah. So now there is an official ring that has to be involved um, and there's a waiting period. So now we officially have an engagement. It is called yeah. an engagement. You you have, you were proposed, you know, you propose. You say, hey, now, before actual proposals, here's what's really funny about that is that this did, that didn't happen. Usually it was the guy goes up to oh. the guy goes up to the dad's house. And that's where that tradition comes of, of asking the father, which is super, I'm sorry, but super outdated because they used to ask the father, hey, how much is she worth? Like, how much is her dowry going uh-huh. to be? Is, does she come with property? You it's know? a business transaction. It's a business transaction. Mm-hmm. So um, that ritual is kind of rooted in ownership and business um because he was like hey i love her like she's beautiful but also like you know beauty fades but property's forever right uh-huh. <laughs> i think um, i love her but can you tell me yeah. does she come with anything yeah. <laughs> um so a lot of the um higher ups you know more of status were um getting married more often mm-hmm. at this point because they could afford it um this the, the ring happened um, when it becomes strategic. Yeah, now it's a, but we're, we're starting to move more into love as well, too, though. I mean, there is a little bit of property exchange. Yeah, I guess you said it had long been um, strategic. That's true. Yeah, it has been strategic for a while, but now you actually have to be really sure about it. There's a ring involved, there's paperwork involved. You got to know. So, and were the rings fairly expensive at this point, too, or just like, oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, rings are expensive. No, I mean, they're expensive now, right? I mean, unless you, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so now let's kind of get into some of these traditions about diamonds and why does he kneel and whatever. And I'm actually going to start with why it's worn on our ring finger on our left hand. Why it's we why we even call it the ring finger. Yeah. So oh this one's painful because it's like such a uh, it's one of those things where like people what they think is really wrong. So the Egyptians actually believed that there was an Appian um vein. And it's this guy named Appian. He was like, whatever. He said, oh, this vein on your finger goes up to your heart. Have you ever heard that? Where it's like, oh, oh. this there's this one vein. It's not true at all. I'm sorry. I've not heard that. For but... anybody that, I, I believe that. I actually told my mom, I was like, can you believe that there's like one vein right here that goes up to your heart? <laughs> 
Yeah, guys, all your veins go to your heart. Like, I'm still like, <laughs> they all do. Like, it's not uh, like. That's how veins work. Oh, man, I can't believe I believed that one for so long. Um, <laughs> so the Egyptians thought that too, though. Um, the Egyptians and a lot of people actually did believe that that there's a particular vein and it goes up to the art well, heart. You so can you cut the, the Egyptians some slack because maybe we didn't understand all about medical um, physiology by that point. You know, I mean, they get a break. Yeah. So there's a quote. Um, there is a book you can read. It's on Google Books. Rings for the finger from the earliest known times to the present. Um, it has full descriptions of the origin, early making materials, archaeology, history, for affection, love, for engagement, for wedding, commemorative, and oh, mourning. That's, a, that's very a whole comprehensive. Book on rings. So um, hmm. he says, because of this nerve, the newly betrothed places the ring on the finger of his spouse as though it were a representation of the heart. But then there's a secondary origin of that because that one's not really true. I mean, yes, the Egyptians thought it and a lot of people kind of, it's like, it was like legend, but that's not actual actuality. The vein thing? Yeah, the vein thing is not a real thing. So some people did it and they thought that, but what they think the real reason is, is because when you, when the, when the priest holds your hand to like wed you, he starts from your um, pointer finger and he says, the father of the spirit and the Holy Ghost. And he ends on your the father, the son. Sorry. The Ghost. Yeah. The spirit one. is the Holy Ghost. Oh so my God. There's not two of them. I go to church. Um, yes. Father, the son, and the Holy Ghost goes on this finger right here. So then he stops there and puts the the, um, the ring on that finger. That's what they, that was like so a ritual. Is it, so is it significant that it's the Holy Ghost finger? <laughs> or is it I just, the, or that it's just, a, that's where it ended? I think that's where it ended. Okay. I mean, for very practical reasons, it's not going to get in your way like it would on your point. People finger. said that, too. People were arguing that. And this is a whole other fun side tangent. Mm-hmm. But you guys should totally look up what it meant to be left handed because people you could die because of that. They thought you were bewitched um, back oh in the day. Gosh. So there's another thing that you put on your left hand because you don't use that hand. You use yeah. your right hand so it doesn't get in the way. Um, but I got into a side note on that um, because I'm also reading Outlander still. I'm still reading it. I've read two books in the middle of reading it so far um and also corrections outlander is set in the 1700s not the 1400s which i said in a previous episode but i'm reading outlander and one of the main characters is left-handed and he reveals to this girl he's like yeah you know they they thought i was bewitched so i had to learn how to write with my right hand and of course she's from the 1950s so she knows and she's like that's silly he's like you believe me like because they they thought that you were literally it's a non-issue yeah. Um, funny. Well, also, I think that the ring finger is, I mean, it's weak and it doesn't do anything on its own and it's basically useless. <laughs> like, have you ever done that thing where you try to put your, all oh, your fingers and God. then you, and then you try to move it? Yeah, I can't you, do it. You can't. Like, there's not. So what is it even there for? Uh, I mean, balance. There for a ring. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God made us so that <laughs> we can put rings on that finger. Um, so the nerve thing, if you guys have ever said that, like, oh, my God, it goes up to the heart. Because it's all over Pinterest. Like, if you go on Pinterest and, like, read, like look up, like, why it's on that Blurred. finger, everybody's like, this one nerve goes straight to your heart. Like, I'm sorry. They all go to your heart. Like, literally all your finger. Like, that doesn't make any sense as to why one particular finger would go and not the rest of so them. So does that fall under crazy myths for our podcast? Yes. Yes. Crazy myths. Crazy myths. Um, right. I mean, who, who thought that? Like who, who sits there and it's like, yeah, only one of your fingers goes I to mean, your Someone heart. who doesn't understand how the human body right. works. Which is me. So, okay. So now let's get into the biggest thing right now. And this one's like kind of my favorite point because diamonds, why diamonds, why diamonds in general, why, yeah. why the whole thing? Um, so what's funny about that is that you and I both have non-traditional Mm-hmm. rings mm-hmm. um i got a green one which everybody's been like oh it's green like what is it see and i wouldn't even like bat an eye at that but i guess i also yes am weird yeah um so. dusty has mine like, just two, has yeah mine's just rose, rose gold and it has like a little decorative <laughs> decorative piece cut out yeah so neither know. of us have diamonds <laughs> but you know obviously obviously diamonds are huge i mean that's what mm-hmm. most people get to like um there's all these stats on it where like how many diamonds we bought and it's like 90 percent of women have a diamond at some point in their lives and um they're huge so i mean i technically have one. i have little diamonds surrounding my big green i have a green well, sapphire in my engagement ring there's some shiny things but i don't uh, know if they're diamonds <laughs> probably not <laughs> i mean but why diamonds, right? Because why why more than any other stone? You know, why this one? Well, they are shinier. However, it wasn't until the 1870s when miners found a humongous deposit of diamonds. In 1870s? Afri- uh-huh. Okay. In South Africa. 
I mean, huge. They like they basically like chipped into it. I imagine like a movie where like it crumbles away, and then you see this whole wall of like diamonds, and they're like, oh my god, diamonds! Like just tons of them. Um, so and then, were they just like these are really shiny, or did they knew about diamonds? Well, they, they, they knew about really diamonds. Rare. Yeah. Okay. So diamonds were actually extremely scarce previous to this point you know they, that's why they were the most popular they're like oh they're like the most rare got you, you know whatever because a lot of the gemstones aren't as rare um but it wasn't until the 1870s and they found oh, it that's such a and good then point. diamonds had gone you know they were a scarce gem and so now they're a pretty common commodity which was bad news for everyone in the diamond business who wanted to keep selling high prices right mm-hmm. um so they all kind of like put their heads together and this is terrible but this is how the world works and they said how can we keep charging really high prices for this even though they're not rare how how can we keep making this a big deal for people, right? Like how how do we you know make sure that we don't just all of a sudden lose all these high prices on diamonds? Ooh, that capitalist world. Oh yes. So don't think that everything in the whole world isn't isn't all about this. So, in 1888, you know, ten years later, they're like, oh, this is this is bad. Um, a lot of these mines got together and they formed the De Beers Consolidated Mines Limited. So it created a cartel that could control the flow of diamonds from South Africa into world markets. Um, there go. So there's, whole, there's lots of movies on this. There's Blood Diamond, which is a really good movie. Um, there's lots of movies about, you know, how the diamond trade is just sort of, I'm, I know I hate to say all, like, I hate this because, like, everybody listening probably has a diamond on their ringer, and I don't want to make people feel bad about having diamonds on their hands, but I do think... It's it's important to note that this tradition isn't that old. You know, it's it's from the 1870s, and actually, no, it's not even from the 1870s. It's from 1947 is when people first started wearing diamond rings in their hands. It's not. It's barely 50 years. Before old. that, what were diamonds used for? Just jewel, regular jewelry. It wasn't like a symbol of an engagement. I'll get there. Mm, um, it wasn't okay. a, a symbol of engagement yet. It just Got was it. a pretty. Gem, it was like every other gemstone. You know, because like I said, they were using signets or they were just putting a, a band down. It wasn't like Got diamonds it. were. Um, Yes, if, if I got any raised eyebrows about my my green sapphire, it, it's not like it's a hundred like the whole diamond thing's a hundred years old. It's it's really not. Right. Um, so now they've got this this sort of this thing. However, now that they're scarce, not everybody can afford them. And you know why choose a diamond ring when you could you know go somewhere else and get something prettier? It's not a thing yet. Enter mm. marketing. <laughs> brilliant brilliant we've talked about it before 1947 um a copywriter named francis garrity for the de beers mines company he penned the slogan a diamond is forever and i will put the first ad on the website it's this girl and there's like a diamond and so this giant campaign and they're still using it you know seven years later what a good um, marketing campaign though because i mm-hmm. in my head the whole time you've been talking about diamonds i wouldn't be wanting to sing that um and diamonds are forever mm-hmm. i don't even know what song it is but it's like it's just so pervasive yeah, it is you don't even know that it was a marketing thing yep. seeped in so the slogan helps um with the diamond significance as an enduring unbreakable symbol of love because yeah, they symbolic. they heavily pushed mm-hmm. it where it was like ooh, you don't love her if you don't get her a stone that can't break you know you mm-hmm. don't love her if you don't get her this like Everlasting, because diamonds are extremely tough. I'll give them that. Diamonds are the toughest stone. Well, and I thought it meant just it's this it's the symbolism of our relationship. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, solid is. But yeah, yeah, it's not based Mm -hmm. in 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 or fiction. So Adrian, my fiance, when he was looking up rings, he knew I didn't want a diamond, and so he like Googled it. He was like, okay, what? I can't get her the toughest gemstone. So what do I get Mm -hmm. her next? And he found that the sapphires were the second toughest gemstone. And then he was like, oh, but she wants a green. She doesn't want blue. Um, however, you've seen Titanic. Mm-hmm. The heart of the ocean is a blue. So stones come in different colors. Like diamonds do actually come in. And you can also get them manufactured to be in different colors as well. Because so it's a diamond, right? What is? Oh, yeah. The heart of the ocean yeah. is a diamond, mm-hmm. but it's blue. So it's a blue diamond. They say it in the movie. It's like, it's the most expensive diamond in the world. And that was mine. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. That one was expensive because also it was a rare blue diamond. Mm-hmm. Um, so all the stones, while they're called their colors because the most common sapphires are all blue, but they do come in different colors. So that's a whole side note, though. But from 1947 on, everybody was like, crap, I have to get a diamond if I truly love. You know, it's a symbol. It'll never break in our love. And that marketing campaign just went crazy. And it is still pervasive for today to the fact, to the point where now all girls want diamonds, right? That's because that's the tradition. That's what you do is you give a diamond ring and you give it over. But 
traditions change because like my parents during my parents age like gold like gold plus a diamond was big so like a, a lot of you know that age they have like a gold band plus a diamond but then like our age group is a lot of silver it's like a silver band plus a plus a diamond mm-hmm. um, and now the rose gold thing is starting to pop up again I mean, it mm-hmm. just goes in waves and things so you know you should do what's best for you because the trends are going to change a lot so last love it quote or not quote um last point before i go into um no i have two more i have two more and then a bonus so why do guys get down on one knee I don't know. Why does it have to be this whole fancy thing? Well, because it has always been a fancy thing. Think about when a knight gets knighted. Mm. He gets down on one knee. A ceremonial. Yes, it is Mm -hmm. complete ceremonial. So there's a couple of reasons why we get down on one knee. Um, It is. It goes back to the days of chivalry because when you when you get down on one knee, you're displaying respect, obedience, and loyalty. Mm -hmm. You're down on one knee because you are about to get knighted, or you're putting your Putting, laying it all down there for your queen, mm-hmm. basically, which is awesome. I love that. The other reason, and these two things kind of blended together to be a thing to like on its own. The other thing is that you kneel in church. You kneel to pray. Oh, yeah. You kneel to sort of get down uh, before. Deference. Yeah, to get yeah. down before mm-hmm. God. So mm-hmm. these two things sort of blended so that when it comes time to pledge your life to someone, it was just you You, you get down on one knee. Hmm. Um, yep. Yeah. Okay, then my so that one's actually really simple. Well versus, well, versus the practical, or it's more practical, I guess, than getting down on two knees because then it's hard to get back up. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> then it's awkward and then the whole puzzle's ruined. <laughs> yeah, one knee. One knee, one knee, one knee. Um, okay, so the last one is fiance. Why do we say that? Yeah. That's so stupid. Um, I love it. I love a, a word, but um, fiance is just a French word to say betrothed, like or to be. We're, we're just snobby, like, so we just didn't like the word betrothed. Yeah, we just didn't like husband to be or wife to be, and so we just borrowed the word. Like That's it's great. in our vernacular now, but it's a French word. It's it, and it came to English in, like sometime in the nineteenth century, huh. so it was probably oh, like so it's old. It actually yeah. means promise, um, which ultimately comes from the Latin word fidere, meaning to trust. Oh. So we just say that. Um, oh my gosh! When I googled because I wanted to know, like, why do we say fiance? All I got were these articles of people bashing the word fiance. It was like a thought co, and they were like, "Here's why I hate the word fiance." I'm like, guys, just maybe those are the same teddy bear people. <laughs> like, just like bashing why we even give teddy bears. Right. That's not what I asked. Like, leave me alone. Okay. So then I have a bonus, and this is this is kind of more about. Um, um, it's just a fun fact, and I couldn't leave it out. It's I have no idea. What you're oh, sorry, you just keep saying bonus and <laughs> fun fact. <and laughs> Why does the bride extra. stand on the left when you get married? Have you noticed that the bride is usually on the left side? I've never noticed that. Okay, well they do. That's the common thing: is brides going on the left. It's because back when back before um, marriages were for love and they were arranged, the brides had a habit of bolting, so the man had to be on the right so that his. Um, his left shoulder is facing her so that his right hand was free in case she ran. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's so amazing. then the history of groomsmen comes from he needed a pack of <gasps> men to be able to chase her down. Stop. <laughs> I'm not joking. <laughs> Those poor women. <laughs> Y'all, the tradition of having a groomsman and, and a bride on a certain side is literally that Oh reason. my gosh. That's a great fact. I know. I was I'm like, gonna tell Dang. that the next time <laughs> around someone I want to impress. Yeah. So he had to have his hand like ready to like get get her closer. Um, yeah, because I guess if she's missing an, an arm, so it's the left. If I'm, if, if you're I'm facing the her, priest. No. If, if you're I, facing her, it's the hand that's it's closest to her. Because your left arm would be out to the crowd. Your your right arm would be closest to her. Because, you know, you stand like this, right? Oh, but see, it seems to me like then she might bolt just the other direction. That's why you have the groomsmen, so they could all chase her down. Oh, shoot. Yeah. (laughs) Drama. (laughs) So there's also the mythological, um, if you know a lot of Greek mythology, which I do and I love. Mm -hmm. um, This isn't even Greek. This is, you know, whatever. Um, (laughs) It is, but it's more, it's not Greek mythology. It's more about the war. It's when Paris... um, he stole Helen of Troy. That's why mm-hmm. all that happened. But mm-hmm. he's got her in his left hand. He's got her in his left arm because he's got to use his sword hand to right. fight all the people away. <laughs> yeah. 
Isn't that crazy? I love it. Um, so yeah, that's that's, so crazy. that's the thing. And it is we and just to recap, and literally all our episodes, like we do things because they're sticky. We do things because of tradition. We do things because of marketing. So really, just live authentically. Like we are impressionable people. Like get whatever way yeah. you want. Propose however you want. By all means, some people just go elope or some people just like turn like my parents think they were like watching a movie and my mom was like, are we going to get married now? My dad was like, all right, great. And they went and go picked out a ring. Like that doesn't mean that that's less romantic than it's anything just, else. Yeah, how it's they just to do it. how people do it. So well, the other thing is we didn't even really get into because it's so much like any kind of marriage customs outside the U.S. really. Oh, my and gosh. Yeah. There's, there's so many. So it's insane. It, it's it's you do you. Yeah. You do you, you do how it's authentic because I think that's what we're, we're in the current age right now of authenticity and, and not doing things because our families hooked us up. It's <laughs> yeah. So that's, that is engagement customs. I told you it's, it's a lot of mishmash because it's like yeah. knights over here and then it's Egyptians with rings over here yeah. and then it's diamonds because of marketing. Like literally the whole process that I just went through with being proposed to and like he got down on one knee because of the night stuff. He gave me a ring because that <sighs> that's was really how cool. it was. That's really cool. That's a fascinating origin. It's just sort of everything entangled together, yeah. which is sort of powerful. Stuff it's almost like mm-hmm. everything, you know, the whole universe sculpted it in like a certain way. Um yeah. Yeah, and embodying a lot of different traditions and cultures, maybe. Yeah. It's crazy. I think it's also fascinating to know about that one pope you said. And I couldn't find, if anybody's better researcher than me, um, it was cited in several, several, several articles. Mm-hmm. However, I couldn't find, like, a legitimate, like, book that was, like, here mm-hmm. are his words. Or, like, mm-hmm. like a manuscript or something like that. Or, like, a ledger. Like, I just wanted to find where he was, like... I, the Pope Innocent the right. Third, it's decided that you guys need to chill out. Like, I but just I mean, wanted so, that. So that, that's very true. But it's still, though, someone had to make that decision. So if it was him or if it was someone else, mm-hmm. like someone wrote down, like, hey, let's set some boundaries. Let's, you know, yeah. discuss this. And, and actually, um, I haven't, I don't have any notes on this. This is just what I know, <laughs> know from history. Mm-hmm. But that um, jumping over a broom is uh, was, a, was a slave custom. So it's, um, it's very traditional. Uh, huh. It's it's um, going back into African American traditions because wow. they weren't allowed to their mm-hmm. their marriages weren't sanctioned. They had to be officially they were recognized in their community, and so there might have been a person that married them, but there was not like a mm-hmm. they weren't often oftentimes allowed to like legally marry, mm-hmm. um, and that was not that long ago, and that was in the U.S. But obviously because of the complicated uh, yeah. issue of not being seen as a person with their own autonomy, um, the the whole concept of marriage gets like thrown where you're like, wait, 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 all these things I thought were real, how come those people can't have them too? I mean, mm-hmm. and they they had them. I'm don't get me wrong, but they had them. They had to recognize them a lot more off the books. Yeah, which was a lot more anyway. So that's a that's a whole. Well, I have issue to do marriage. Too. It's like, I stayed away from it. I, I except know. for the. It's mm-hmm. there's so much, but um, but I mean that's that's. Mm-hmm. A whole facet in American, yeah, we definitely American customs as well. Just do one about marriage because it's really interesting. Maybe we split it up by time period, like you do ancient and I do recent or something. But it's 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 too big of a topic. Uh, it to is exactly up. too big of a topic. Mm-hmm. It's too big of a topic. Yeah. Well, that was engagements and and rituals and things. So headed into Valentine's Day. Um, <laughs> enjoy your chocolates. Enjoy your chocolates. Maybe make a homemade Valentine for someone. Yeah. If you do decide to propose, don't be pressured in certain ways. Um, Go for any type of yeah. gem that you want. Let her make a Pinterest board of rings. <laughs> That's a good way to decide what she likes. And That's stuff. what you did, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I did. Um, and it was mostly pink rings. And then we changed my mind to green there huh. at the end, which I think this one suits me much, much better. So, yeah. I'm going to wear a pink dress, though. So that's a whole other thing. That's going to be fun. I'm excited. All right, guys. Um, Thanks happy for listening. Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Origins Up podcast was recorded in Atlanta, Georgia by Johnny Steps. You can find us online on Instagram at The Origins Up Podcast or on Facebook at The Origins Up Podcast. You can support us by finding us on Patreon at patreon.com slash The Origins Up Podcast. Thanks.